Welcome to the Pastors Podcast of Cornerstone Church of West Los Angeles, a podcast designed for our church family to communicate about the things most important to us and allow you to get to know parts of our church family a little deeper. I'm Pastor Scott here with Brian. Hey. And we are, um, we're going to talk about the coronavirus because everybody's talking about the coronavirus. And, um, and actually, I, I think that while everybody's talking about like the logistics of it, the specifics and kind of the statistics and things like that, I think it's in times like this that we, we, we need to make sure that we're not forgetting to talk about and think about these things from a God-centered worldview, right? And everything falls under a God-centered worldview, right? Everything in the world and, and pandemics aren't, uh, don't fall out outside of that. And so um, while this is a, a, a obviously incredibly, uh, constantly developing scenario. I think we don't even know exactly what this is going to turn into for us here in America, here in Los Angeles. Um, everybody's kind of at this point just trying to be prepared and make things up as they go. We're, we're going to make this up as we go as well. I, I, I just jot down a few questions and I'm just going to ask them to Brian. We haven't even prepared or, or anything and we'll, we'll, we'll see what comes out of this. So we'll see. You <laughs> so, uh, Brian, there's a lot of fear and anxiety about the coronavirus. And I think actually maybe what this whole situation has done is is pulled back the facade of control that we like to kind of kid ourselves we, we exist within. I think we, we sometimes think we have more control over life, over even our physical health than we do. And, and this has definitely pulled that back for a lot of people, if not, not most people. Um, as Christians... How should we respond to scary moments like this, right? I think, I, I don't know, especially for us, for our generation, I think maybe older generations may be more familiar with this, but for, for our generation, the, there's not a lot of like moments for our generation in this country, in our, this area. Um, I think this is less familiar, yeah, right. this is pretty Cultural. singular. In, yeah. At least it feels that way right now. Yeah. Partially because there's so much uncertainty as to what comes next, um, yeah. which is its own kind of piece of the puzzle. But I think the... Yeah, yeah. so, 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 so how, how do we... As Christians, how should we respond in scary moments like this? Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot we could say on that. I, and one, <laughs> there's, there's probably not one simple way. And I think that's actually helpful because mm. a lot of the responses I've seen are very, very simple um, they're very, they're either, you know what, God's in charge. So, you know, who, who cares about sanitizing your hands? You know, like these, <laughs> and like, that's a real take that's out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the other side, which is just abject fear. Um, and, and I, so for, for Christians, one of the things that, uh, is going to condition our response, not just to a crazy situation, but to the uncertainty of the situation is going to be a kind of internal stability that we have because we do know that God is in control. Um, mm-hmm. So there's going to be some kind of internal response that for people like us mm-hmm. who are used to the facade of control, who are used to, and most human history didn't think this way. Most human history, things could change in a moment's notice. And we know that theoretically, but aside from maybe 9-11, mm-hmm. th- there really haven't been seismic things that have made you wonder mm-hmm. if what life was like yesterday, it won't be the same tomorrow mm-hmm. in, a, in kind of a, a, a national scale. And so for us, I think one of the big things is to recognize that this isn't abnormal. It doesn't fall outside of God's sovereignty or providence or control. And so there's a kind of stability we can have knowing that 
you know, the king of all the earth, the judge of all the earth will do right. And that, you know, the, the kingdoms rage, the nations totter. He utters his voice, the earth melts. You know, the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. So we have a fortress in God, even while scary things really do happen. Yeah. So, so uh, you kind of identified these like, like two extremes, right? Like there's the, the extreme of like, don't worry, you know, God's in control. So I don't have to worry about anything or the extreme of the sky's falling. And maybe this is outside of God's purview. Um, what's the difference between like between godly concern and like ungodly fear love like that i mean i, I think that's basically the main difference yeah. and that's what i've seen is um yeah when yeah, you have yeah, an yeah, internal stability uh that really does and again you know uh, theoretically i think every christian is going well of course god's in control of all things and of course a pandemic fits that like no one's you know changing their answers on the essay test of what they believe hmm. but functionally these things freak us out and it's it's okay to get freaked out i think there's a there's a reality that when something really new comes up it's hard to know how to handle it you mm. know like it's hard to know how to handle the feelings the emotions the fears that are going to bubble up to the surface it's hard to know if you should do a podcast on it <laughs> indeed it is <laughs> And so, you know, it, when that happens, the, the question is not, well, do I feel any fears? You know, mm. of course, you're going to wonder and think and project and do all these normal human things. The question is, so where am I going to source my stability? Mm. So where am I going to source the, the solution to my fears? And that's got to be God, not yourself. It just it mm. has to be. There's no other sustainable way to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and so if oddly enough, I, I guess I would suggest that the people who are saying this is no big deal are probably just as motivated by fear mm -hmm. um, as people who are saying the sky is falling. There's a kind of knee-jerk reactionary feel to, look, God's in control. Don't worry about it. That feels like you're sort of uh, like protesting you're too much. Yeah. 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 You're, you're, you know, it's like that's not how people in the Bible handle problems. Mm. That's not how, like there's that's not what stability looks like is this sort of, well, I'll yell louder about how God's in control. And that'll yeah, make stoicism. me feel better. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that's not what we do. And so in a sense, they're both self-motivated. They're motivated by concern for self. So I'm mm. either going to cope with these things I'm going through and thinking about by, uh, you know, overreacting and proclaiming God's sovereignty. And I'm not going to care. And I'm going to go to, I'm going to go to that, you know, <laughs> giant conference or whatever. I'm going to yeah. get on the plane. And, um, or by being afraid and trying to uh, put the, the salve on your fear or the way to assuage your fear is to buy a bunch of toilet paper for whatever reason, you know, mm -hmm. get a bunch of water uh, to free, to read all the news all the time. <laughs> Can we talk about the water thing? I, you know, I, there's lots of things that make sense to me. Hand sanitizer, it, it Lysol, toilet paper even. I'm I, like, okay, okay. Bottled water? I suppose there's a chance that... Uh, that you know upon publishing of this podcast <laughs> we will eat these words I, I just i can't imagine that somehow it's going to get into the water system in la yeah. and the, i mean the fact that someone apparently again this, some of this is hearsay but yeah. apparently someone called the police on like the west la costco for running out of bottled water which tells you how far we are from mm. knowing how to handle being out mm. of control or even the, the possibility of being out of control. Well, I, I, and, I, and I think that actually, I think that's, that's such a great point. And I think that you're, I, I think it, there's a lot to the fact that oftentimes when we try to assert that this isn't that big of a deal, that there's actually a lot of fear going on there too. Because it, it, it's not like, oh, I, 
if this was a big deal, I'd know how to handle it. Right. <laughs> right. It's like, no, I, I wouldn't know how to handle it either. So life's easier, right? If I just don't, don't worry about this. So, so I, originally you, you said that the different, like ultimately the difference is love. Right. And I think right. that there's, I think there's kind of two components of that, right? One is knowing and trusting in God's love. And the other is the, the difference is, is being motivated by a, a genuine love and, and concern, a genuine concern for those around us. Maybe we can uh, unpack both sure. of those a little bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I did, I opened there and then I kind of yeah. went to the, the negative side. Yeah. You, you have to have that stability first. Yeah. And once you, you can look at, God. And at some level, I think it's it's not cliche to say you can look at God in Jesus Christ on the cross and say, okay, whatever happens, mm-hmm. nothing can happen that means he doesn't love me. Mm. So like like if I that's that's a legitimate gospel turn that Christians ought to be making on a regular basis if that's what if that's what we believe about who God is and what he's done. Yeah. So, you know, come coronavirus or whatever else, there's no version in which God stops loving me and mm. caring for me. Mm. And so if that's where the stability comes from. Because he's demonstrated it so radically in the cross. Yeah, basically. I mean, you can't really look at that if it is what we think it is, which is the the son of God, you know, made flesh in Jesus Christ and him being sacrificed for people like us. There's just no, whatever comes after that, you can't look back and go, oh, well, I guess that was just a big ruse. (laughs) He doesn't do that if he doesn't love us. And so there's a, there's a stability there that we have to have. Yeah. And if you have that, then you're able to then turn around and say, okay, my, you know, taking precautions, my, you know, stocking supplies, my reading the news, my thoughts about uh, how I and my family or my community should or shouldn't react to this are no longer ways for me to sort of fill the emptiness I feel because of my fear and lack of control. They're ways of me looking around and saying, how do I love my neighbor as myself? Mm which is something I do see missing from this conversation a lot, even mm. amongst Christians, is what I hear a lot is because of the fear. And it's like, well, you know, it's actually only older people or people with underlying conditions, you know, who are really getting sick and dying. So it's not that big of a deal, which to me is, mm. I mean, it's slightly offensive, yeah. maybe maybe more than slightly, yeah. Yeah. because yeah, these are people made in the image of God. These are people we love and care about. And the idea that I would go out and not care as much about washing my hands or think that, this is all overblown because, you know, even if I catch it, I won't die. I might give it to someone old who will die, but that's not really a big deal. That's that's that mindset. It's not about love. It's about yeah. fear and filling that hole in yourself that you won't get hurt. Your family won't get hurt. Man, I, I feel like once we think through uh, that stability we have in Christ, we can look and say, I want to love my neighbor as myself. So I'm going to buy some Purell so I can not give this to someone who might get hurt mm. as opposed to so I can sort of feel better about my own future. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm pretty sure no matter as, as developing as that this situation is, no matter when we release this podcast, it will be outdated. Right? Yes. Like, guaranteed. <laughs> so uh, what do you think just uh, like broadly when it comes to like broad, like principles and things like that, what does love look like? As we navigate, you know, the next, you know, weeks, months of uh, mm-hmm. of bo- both the unknown, and then once the unknown becomes more known, but yeah, what do you think love actually looks like? I mean, it, 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 there's a lot of levels to it. I, I think um, 
There's an internal level to love. I think love starts internally almost all the time. And that's in coaching the way that you think about other people and about the future. So if you're not sourcing, like you're going to feel some, that the fear mm. as things change and you realize how uncontrollable this might be. And maybe your mind wanders to what if I do get it? And what if it does get bad? And what if I'm one of the, you know, few healthy mm. people or young people or whoever you are that's mm. listening to this that doesn't think you're in the demographic? Mm. Maybe, maybe one, if I'm one of the ones who is. There, there's that fear is going to be there, and so you have to, in order to love other people, you have to source yourself in the love of God in that moment. Mm. And so you really do have to have some internal spiritual disciplines going on, mm-hmm. on a regular basis. Because if you don't do that, then you've you've sort of headed love off at the pass. It won't come from that. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I mean and maybe before we move into the, like the, the the loving others, I, it, it just reminds me of how consistently Scripture teaches us to number our days. Right. How consistently like like I think of um, Ecclesiastes. Right. And, and, and the blessedness of the house of mourning. Like it's not blessed because it's like nice when people pass away. But it what's blessed about it is is it reminds us that this is the end of all of us. Yeah. Right. That like this life is temporary. We're, we're just talking to, like we're not talking about whether it's temporary or not. We're just talking about we're just talking about level of degrees and 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 potential length and the reality is that it's not just the coronavirus. There's a million different reasons that we don't know, right? How long, how many days on this earth the Lord's gonna give us? And and, and there's an eternal perspective that He wants that every aspect of every consequence of the fall reminds us of that that this this life isn't it. That there's something bigger and greater, and that, and that sacrifice in this life is 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 possible because we're not trying to squeeze true life out of our days here, right? Because there is something um, hmm. beautiful and, and and powerful and promised and assured for those of us in in Christ, and and then we can step in with with confidence knowing that this there, there's no virus on this earth that can bring into question the ultimate joy and ultimate hope we have, right? Yeah. That, that flows from that ultimate love. Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think that there's very few things in an affluent place like the one we live in and the time that we live in with technology and things like that. There's very few things in life. You know, our hope is supposed to be in Jesus Christ, but there's very few things that force you to relocate that hope. Hmm. Um, and this is one of those things where you, you in a way, there's a blessing in it where you're, you're for the mortality rate for human beings is a hundred percent. Yeah. There's no version that's less than that. Yeah. And so there's a reality that you're kind of forced to deal with. And that can, there can be a blessing in that in Mm -hmm. the midst of something that is genuinely bad and tragic and horrible. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so, so if this is, if that love is sourced internally, right. As we remember eternity, as we remember the reality and depth of God's love for us, as we engender and continue the, 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 the spiritual disciplines, the, the, Bible prayer heart work sure. to put it in the in the um, discipleship pathway lingo um, the engagement with God and our relationship with Him talking to Him and hearing from Him what what does it look like externally like how, what what does that yeah. love look like when it's turned out in the midst of uh, situations like this seasons like this in, sure. in lives in in history I mean obviously you know it's going to be uh, case by case in some some ways you know as you're listening to this you might be someone who has someone who's in a vulnerable demographic, like living with you, it's going to look maybe different for you than for someone else. There's all these different variables you have to think about where you work and what your commute's like and what your plans for the next you know few months are or who knows how long. Um, but in broad strokes, I think there's 
there's a few different ways to do it. One is uh, there's a there's a mental game you have to play to love other people. So not just a heart thing where you're turning to the gospel. There's also a way of saying, okay, I have to learn from people who I trust to know um, how to how to go about this. So when the CDC says wash your hands for 20 seconds, you really you should listen to that. Uh, like, like there's yeah, ways in which yeah. there are people who, regardless of whatever your take is on how these things are or are not, you know, blown up out of proportion, regardless of how you think the proportionality is going, there are people who I think we can trust, like doctors, um, to tell us how to do this. And so you have to think through, okay, what am I listening to in order to be loving to other people? Yeah. So there's things where I, I got to figure out, okay, what should I be doing? And, and you need to let those choices be informed by people who know what they're talking about. Yeah. Um, and that's, a, that's one way to do it. But then practically, you got to live that out. And so I think there's a piece of it is personal. So you should wash your hands for 20 seconds. I read today that it takes about 20 seconds to pray the Lord's Prayer. It takes about 25 seconds to sing the doxology. So you can like pray and worship while you wash your hands. You know, it's, you can pray the way the Lord instructed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and there's something to that. There, um, and, and there's an internal piece to that. You're washing your hands, not, again, there, there's just such a strong internal game you have to play here. Mm. The temptation is I'm doing this so I won't get sick. Mm. Um, I'm doing this so that people I care about won't get sick. And there's a way that you have to kind of get yourself to go, no, I'm doing this to love my neighbor as myself. And my neighbor is just anyone I might come in contact with. Mm. So that's a piece of it. I think if you get instructed and who knows in the next few months to not, you know, if schools get closed or I just got an email today that all the assemblies in our school district are canceled for the next couple of months. Um, all the field trips are canceled. You know, like there's a way to be bitter about that. And then there's an internal way to say, you know what? This is going to be hard for me. It requires sacrifice, but I'm doing this to love my neighbor as myself. Mm. You might come to church and come to a service and feel like, you know, this holy fist bump thing they've got going at the greeting is so lame. Mm. And we're just, you know, wh what happened to the good old fashioned American hearty handshake? You know, don't we believe in God here? These sorts of things. Mm. And at some point you have to just be able to look at yourself and say, no, like I'm going to do this because I love my neighbor as myself. There's a way of sacrificing something that whether for some people that's small or for some people that's big, it's a real sacrifice for some people. And I'm going to lay that down mm. because I care about people and I want to yeah. make sure that I'm not a part of their suffering somehow. And if I can, if me sacrificing allows me to do that, then that's what I'm going to do. Cause that's what Christianity is, yeah. is laying down our lives for others, yeah. regardless of our relationship to them. Yeah. I, man, I think that's so good. And I, and I, I think that then it, it, it graduates into, like you said, the, the personal that can like take innumerable number of forms. But I, I, I think that, that then it means like, being extra intent, not, not only being extra careful with those who might be vulnerable, but also being extra intentional with those that are, that, that might be vulnerable, you know, like be, being a, a, a servant that, that can, um, that can bring someone groceries that can, mm -hmm. uh, check in on them, that can care for them. What, like, and I don't like I don't have to evaluate whether I think your level of concern is appropriate, overblown or underblown to love you. Right. right. Like wherever you're at, however you're you're taking this, however you're thinking through this, like I, I need to be a speaker of like primarily I need to be a speaker and and an actor of truth into your life. And maybe secondarily, we can talk about like how to bring your concern level right to what I think is appropriate. But the reality is. 
I'm first concerned with your soul and how to speak to how to remind you of the reality of God, of his love, of the, the confidence we can have in him and of, of his um, love for us. And, and secondly, I, I want to serve you, right? I want to care for you. I want to do what I can, go, go out of my way, inconvenience myself. Like, in all so- love's never convenient, and it's especially not convenient when all sorts of things are up in the air and all sorts of things are changing. And I think that that isn't uh, God doesn't call us to to a grumbling in the midst of that. He, that's a huge opportunity as Christians, as the church. I think like this is our legacy, right? Like like for. Thousands of years, Christians have been the ones who step into the hard places. And when everyone else like pulls back and is like, now is not a time to serve anyone else. Right. Serves other people. And even if that's like in just super simple ways, that that's a part of, I think, what it means to be followers of, of Jesus, to, to, to care for one another, especially to care for those that are maybe particularly vulnerable or particularly scared. Yeah, I mean, we... It, as a as a people, if you can consider Christianity like a people, you know, the yeah. holy nation, the way Peter talks about us, like yeah. as a people, we're the ones who jump on the grenade because we have a hope that other people might not have. Mm. That's our thing. Yeah. Um, and that's fallout from what we believe is true about the world and what God has done for us. Mm-hmm. And that, I think, it leads to that kind of intentionality. I, I'm curious. I think there might end up being ways that uh, that intentionality can be broader than we realize right now. It's depending on how things go in the next you know, few weeks or few months or whatever, there are ways that n- not just washing your hands and thinking about this in terms of how can I help be a part of containing this virus mm-hmm. you know, in the way that I'm instructed, in the way that the experts say is a good idea. There's also ways that you can think about how can you be someone who can help assuage other people's fears yeah. with the gospel. You know, how can you be someone who goes out of your way to, no one wants to look scared right now but yeah. plenty of people are scared. Yeah. You know, like, why fake that? Why not? You know, you can send text messages. You can make phone calls. You can do those sorts of things with believing and non-believing friends and coworkers and neighbors. There are probably going to be people who have some economic hardship downstream from this. For sure. If things do get shut oh, down, that's a great point. tons of people yeah. are going to be, you know, don't have the ability to just sort of take a couple weeks off of work or whatever. There's ways that we might be able to both help uh, our larger sort of national and local community yeah. by stopping the spread of the virus, by helping some people who get sick not have to go into work. Yeah. There's ways that we might be called to make sacrifices for one another in our local church community as some of us who have more stable or higher income jobs can help people who don't and who, you know, when an industry goes, you know, tanks mm. because of this virus, um, we have the ability to help them. There's groceries, there's there's a whole, and there's also a piece of this that I start to wonder, there might be some, not upside, you don't want to say, this is a tragedy, like, you know, I don't want to say upside, but you, you start to find ways that these challenges highlight things, areas of growth mm. for us. And part of that we talked about earlier is the lack of control. And part of that is just helping each other figure out, like, what if we get quarantined for two weeks, like, as a state? You know, yeah. like, it's like, yeah. what if you're not really supposed to leave your house for like two weeks? Yeah. I'm just so fascinated what happens when we run out of Netflix to watch. <laughs> like, there, there's something yeah. of, we don't like this. There's something about stopping moving that's really hard for us. And part of love is helping each other through even those kind of really tertiary, like way less important, but still real challenges that mm-hmm. are going to come up as a part of this because like you've written in your book and like you teach me all the time, 
love is about thinking through what people need Mm. no matter what's going on. And you don't stop thinking about that. You don't stop, you know, oh, well, I I loved enough for today. Mm -hmm. Like you keep thinking. And when you think about this situation, you can see there's probably more than meets the eye in terms of ways to love other people. Well, there'll definitely be a lot of interesting and inventive uh, hashtags that that come out of it. (laughs) Instagram's going to blow up I was just talking to Amir yesterday. In Iran right now, like to pass the time, there's like, like, it's like post your like traditional dancing. And so like, yeah. ev- it's, 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 you know, older people like dancing in their homes. Cause there's nothing like else to do, but just to dance and listen to music and like, you know, dance and they like post it and share it. And like, you know, there's all sorts of, we, we, we get inventive. We, I'm, we, I'm we chuckling can. because I'm thinking about what that might look like for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, a mirror probably looks better. Yeah. But so, you know, I mean, it, all of this makes me think about, like this is why I actually think it's really important that we're talking about this because when we don't talk about it, we pretend like nothing's going on. And like, this is, uh, you know, business as usual. It's like life is normal. And this is just, you know, another hiccup, but we need to talk about this. We, we should be talking about it because, uh, cause it is an opportunity. It's a, it's a huge opportunity for us to love our neighbors as ourselves and to consider how to, how to do that every every step of the way um, to every day, every, uh, n- every piece of new news that comes in is another opportunity to turn again and respond to God, to take our fears and our concerns to God. And then to, to ask, how is God calling me to care for uh, those around me? And, and every opportunity we have for that, that's what this life is, is about. That's what this life is. So that's why we're here um, on this earth in this moment in, in, in this situation and in the countless other situations like it, not as massive of, as it, or even more massive than mm-hmm. it that we'll face, uh, in our, in our lives as well. So, um, one last thing yeah, just to throw in, yeah, yeah. if we do get, you know, if you do get stuck somewhere yeah. for a while or you can't go to work or whatever, um, these are some of the times that I think we realize that there are whole swaths of the church, both today and in history, that are much more equipped through their experiences to handle being out of control, mm. to handle lament, mm. um, to handle difficulty and struggle than we are. And it's a great opportunity to learn from them. Mm. Obviously, extraordinarily different situations. I don't know if you can find the, oh, that yeah, that one church community that went through the pandemic. That's not what I'm talking about. But mm. I mean, I, there's ways that we can learn from the African-American church. There's ways we can learn from the global church, the, the, the African church and churches under persecution, both today and throughout history, because they had to live most of their lives. And a lot of them do now, um, mm. certain of those communities without any sense of control, without any sense of, yeah, I know what tomorrow is going to look like. I know what next month is going to look like for us. This is a great chance to see the body of Christ come into action. Mm. And so um, if I had the time, I would like to try and find some sort of list, maybe put it up as a blog post mm. of just like short, either sermons or, uh, or books or other resources that we can look to and say, here's a way that we have brothers and sisters that want to help us with this. And they yeah. wrote some stuff down and they want to teach us some things that we have a hard time learning. And, you know, even if this is, you know, a few weeks or a few months and then it kind of quote unquote blows over, you know, who knows yeah. what, who knows what the future holds. Yeah. Um, even so, what a great chance to learn. 
mm. you know, from the global body of Christ, a thing that we don't often get the chance to do and aren't often exposed to. So this is a great shot for that. Yeah. That's a, that's a great reminder. That's a, such a good reminder. And I mean, really, I think what, what, what we're saying, I think what, what you're saying is that in this too, God's calling us to love him mm-hmm. with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and strive to love our neighbors ourselves, uh, which involves both serving them, caring for them, looking for all the ways we can sacrifice for them, and listening to them, being exhorted by them, uh, learning from one another, uh, from our neighbor, uh, because there's still plenty for us to, ways for us to grow, and still plenty of ways for us to, us to learn. So, Anyways, we, we hope this has been uh, encouraging. We hope it's an encouragement to you. We, we, we just uh, close this with a, just a prayer for our people in the midst of this. Absolutely. That. Father, we come to you now uh, recognizing how small we are, how in just the span of a, of a few weeks we can feel uh, overwhelmed and uncertain about what comes next. And there is a deep truth in that and a kind of um, – clenched fist we have around the control that we want over our lives and over our future uh, that this challenges and forces us to let go of and that is uh, difficult for us and so we pray now for those who are afraid uh, who have a deep fear maybe that they don't want to admit that you would comfort them with your size and your goodness and point them to the cross we pray for those who uh, are in our community our church community especially who are in the vulnerable particularly vulnerable population uh, for this virus, that you would give them health and help us rally around them and help them feel supported and loved in the way we conduct ourselves uh, in their midst. We pray for our country, for wisdom, for uh, help in this time of need, that you would uh, grant a kind of peace to people who are suffering. Uh, we, I think especially of the doctors in our church and across the country and across the world who are or will be scrambling uh, to try and handle this, that will work tirelessly and uh, live up to their vow, not just to do no harm, but to actively care for people who are in such difficult places. Would you give them endurance uh, and strengthen them as they go? Give them wisdom, uh, help wake them up when they're tired, help them keep going when they, they want to stop. Uh, and would you let your church in this time be a city on a hill and shine as people who are taking good care to follow uh, what the experts say and to, to love our neighbor as ourselves through the way that we wash hands and do things like that, but also through the stability we have inside because we know that we have a God like you who loves us and will never stop loving us no matter what, come what may. So let that be our attitude going forward. Help us relocate our hope and be learners and be humble and be extraordinarily loving in a way that shows off who you are and who you've made us to be in the image of Jesus. And we ask these things in his name. Amen. Amen.